Happy Sunday, despite the circumstances. Happy Sunday. We gather in this place to worship God and to remember our families and our friends and show our gratitude for how far we have, we have come. So thank you to all of you who are joining us on a line today uh, across the country and those who are in, in Houston and not able to be here today. We're grateful for you uh, joining us. I also want to say for those of you who are wondering why there's other cameras rolling around, uh, PBS is working on a pilot episode uh, for a show and I did an interview yesterday, so uh, that's why you there's some filming and stuff going on, so please uh, don't be alarmed by, by that. We are very grateful to have them here and profiling us, so thank you to PBS for being here. Uh, I'd also uh, like to say as we continue to grieve the loss of Jermaine and continue to surround Tony with our love, uh, we will let you know the uh, memorial service details uh, as soon as we as soon as we, um, we we get those. Please continue to pray for uh, Dana. You know she lost her father. Her father passed away uh, a couple of weeks ago, so we continue to hold uh, them in prayer. I also want to remind you that Palm Sunday is next Sunday, and there will be a couple's recommitment ceremony part of that worship service next Sunday, Palm, Palm Sunday. If you are interested in recommitting to your boothing, your husband, your sugar pie, whatever y'all call each other, sugar lump, I've heard that one before too. If you're interested in recommitting that relationship or committing that relationship, you can do that next week. You just need to go on to our newsletter, make sure that you submit uh, your, your names so that we have that ready to go for, uh, for next week. If you are not married, because I have to put this disclaimer in, if you are not married, you can still do the commitment, the recommitment ceremony next week. If you are not married and are looking for a slick way to get married, don't hem me up next week to sign any paperwork. It is a recommitment ceremony. And if your boo has not said yes yet, next Sunday is not the way to get it done on the sly. It is simply a, a recommitment ceremony, not a marriage ceremony. Okay? I've had it happen. Somebody said, I think I got married today. And I'm like, oh, 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 no. <laughs> no, that's not what happened. All right. But uh, I do look forward to seeing many, many couples up here, uh, regardless of LGBTQ, straight, whatever. I look forward to seeing a lot of couples here. And also, uh, I just want to remind you that the marriage retreat is, the LGBTQ marriage retreat is next weekend as well, too. And uh, it is open to everyone, regardless of sexual orientation. Uh, you can always get something good out of that retreat. Marcus and I have learned a great deal by, uh, by going to that. And you know, honey, she's unashamed to tackle just about any topic. So if you have some stuff you need to be working on, you need to go to that, go to that marriage retreat. All right. Holy Week is not this coming week, but next week. 
I encourage you to make sure that you sign up for the Covenant Meal. That'll be on Thursday. And then also tune in on Friday night. It's all virtual on Friday. We will have a seven last word service. We have seven preachers. They have all been asked to stick to five minutes. So, um, but you will be at home anyway. So if it, somebody goes on for too long, just, you know, sip you another margarita and keep it pushing. <laughs> or you said a mimosa on a Friday? <laughs> All right, okay. So we have been in this series about building our Godfidence during this season of Lent. And we've talked about building this Godfidence through our covenants here as a congregation. The five things that we agreed to, that we would commit to, as members. So we've had a sermon on presence. We've had a sermon on prayer. We've had a sermon on service. And so this week, we have arrived at one of my favorite covenants, and that is study. Study. S-T-U-D-Y is what we're at this week. Our scripture reading comes to us from Romans 12, verse 2. Romans 12, verse 2. Romans is located in the New Testament and past the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, go past that. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Romans 12, verse 2. The Apostle Paul writes, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Please join me in prayer. Gracious and loving God, give us all now the eye of the eagle, let us see clearly into all of our hopes, joys, fears, and sorrows. Collectively weave our hands to the gospel plow and tie our tongues to truth. Let us hear from you the still speaking, ever-living God in our midst. This is our prayer. In the name of Christ, amen. My mentor taught me a little phrase that I can use whenever a sermon is going to be a little bit too academic just so you can prepare people for what they are about to receive. And the phrase goes like this. Ding, ding, school is in session. Brace yourself. Last season on RuPaul's Drag Race, There was something that annoyed a whole lot of us. 
there was a game within a game. And it made some folks real mad because folks got to come back and participate and you finally figured out what the game was that was within a game. This Sunday, I want you to pay close attention because there's a sermon within the sermon within the sermon. So I want to start by taking a close look at our scripture. The scripture says, do not be conformed to this world. I want to start there. Do not be conformed to this world. The word in the Greek that is being used to conform is do not assume a particular pattern. Do not assume and take on a way of being. Do not see something that is happening in your context and just decide that that is the pattern that you are supposed to adapt in your life or adopt in your life. I don't really like that it uses the word do not be conformed to this world because the word for world here is actually in the Greek ion or eon, which means a time, a specific moment in time. So in other words, what Paul is saying to the Romans is, do not assume the way of being, the pattern of being that is so prevalent in this particular time. So it's a little bit more than just don't be conformed to the world. It is don't take on the ways of the world. Don't make it your identity. Don't make it who you are. And then Paul says, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Transformed. You wonder what the Greek word is there? I'll give it to you in English because you'll understand it better. Metamorphosis. See, transformed is it's too close, it's too comfortable. But be metamorphosized by the renewing of your mind probably brings up images of like a caterpillar that becomes a butterfly. See, in a lot of our churches, we are just going about being transformed, but nobody is going through a metamorphosis. If church is doing what it is supposed to do, then there should be a significant change in you. There should be a metamorphosis that happens so that someone says, wow, you are no longer a caterpillar, you are now a butterfly. Do not assume the pattern of this time, but be metamorphosized by the renewing of your mind. What is renewing? See, renewing for some of us is like, let me go back to another time and take on that particular way of being. And that is how I'm going to renew my mind. Or as some of our church people will tell you, you baby, you can only renew your mind by reading that word. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. Okay. 
What do I do with that? How, what, does, what does that mean? You ever heard people tell you, study that word. How? Read it? Or do what I'm currently doing in this sermon. There's a sermon in the sermon. Pay attention. The word renew in the Greek is actually a word that, is, that says to go up and beyond to higher dimensions is the root from which that word comes. So do not assume the pattern of this time, but be metamorphosized by developing and going to higher dimensions in your mind. Now, I don't know how long you've been reading this scripture, but I've been reading it since I could read, because in every church I've been in, there's been a sermon about renewing my mind, but nobody ever said to me, you can only renew your mind by doing something that takes you to a higher dimension and a new level of thinking. Our churches preach low-level thinking. Our churches preach God will fix it for you. Our churches preach if you get saved, it'll all be worked out. Our churches preach if you just keep going every Sunday, it'll be all right. Our churches preach if you put money in the plate, oh, you'll be walking in abundance and prosperity. But no one is saying you ain't going to get none of that until you raise your level of thinking. You ain't going to go nowhere until you are metamorphosized into something different. And you cannot achieve metamorphosis without developing your mind and your thinking and elevating your conscience. Oh, it sounds a whole lot different than do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the will and the good. See, it ain't that simple. Then it says, for mind, it's not just your brain. The Greek word there for mind is understanding and reason. How are your reasoning skills? How far have your reasoning skills got you in life? How's your understanding? You ever heard somebody, say, my mama used to say to me, if you don't get it together, we go get a good understanding in here today. <laughs> How is your understanding? Is life doing to you what mama used to do to help you get an understanding? Are you allowing life to whoop on you and you're allowing that to be the way you gain understanding? Are you allowing life to beat you down and that's how you go about gaining understanding? Are you allowing life to wear you out so that's how you go about gaining understanding? The scripture says you will gain the understanding and go through a metamorphosis by developing your mind and taking it to a new level. But if you are allowing life to just happen to you and you're just stumbling through it and praying for God to work everything out, you have not gone through a metamorphosis. People don't like to hear it, and maybe it's not the best phrase, but God helps those who help themselves. I have stopped praying, God, do it. 
I started praying, God, show me who I need to meet. God, show me how I can get through this. God, show me the opportunity that is presenting itself. God, and see, some of y'all would, would dare pray this prayer. God, shut every door that needs to be shut. Give me all the no's that I need so that I can get to the yes. I don't want to play multiple choice. I want my first choice to be the right choice. Shut every single door that needs to be closed. God, I know you said if I could speak to this mountain and say it would be to be removed, then it will cast itself into the sea. But God, today I want to know, do I need to go through this mountain? Do I need to go around this mountain? Do I need to go over this mountain? Do I need to go under this mountain? Do I need to pulverize this mountain? All before I ask, or do you want me to cast it into the sea? Some obstacles don't need to be removed by God. Some of them you need to move. Allowing life to just happen to us is not an indication that we have gone through any type of metamorphosis. And then this is the part I like. It says, it says so that you may discern what is the will of God. Or prove, that word discern, prove. But I like this. The word could either be test or prove. What that says to me is after I've gone through a metamorphosis and I've developed my, my mind and my consciousness, consciousness in a particular way, I can either approve what happens in my life or I can test to see if it is going to be good and perfect for my life. In other words, I am no longer a victim I get to decide and approve how I am going to interpret a situation that's happening to me. I get to test how I'm going to deal with a situation that is happening to me. I don't have to be defeated by it. I can test it. I can discern. I can approve that will of God. What is good and acceptable and perfect. Discern what? Discern what is good. Like this one. The word here, because see what? You know, the word what kind of takes you away. It makes you think, well, maybe what is about, you know, a job offer. Maybe what is about what neighborhood I should live in. Maybe what is about what church I should go to. Actually, the Greek word here, is also not just what, but who. Not just what, but who. So it's not just your circumstances that need to be approved and tested by God. It's also the who. And a lot of us suffer with who. Who we go date. Who we go marry, who we go spend time with. Who are we? Who am I? But this scripture is saying, 
in order to not be conformed or to take on the pattern of this day and time, we must go through a metamorphosis by developing our minds so that we will be able to approve and test and prove who, what, where is the will of God for us. So this scripture captures it all in terms of what renewing your mind can do for your life. Some people are not God's will for your life. Some jobs are not God's will for your life. And because all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord, you thought your divorce was a punishment. You thought your divorce was something that was sent to destroy you. But what actually happened is God knew from the beginning that that was not the will for your life. God allowed it to happen knowing that at some point you would develop into who you are supposed to be. And once you metamorphosize, once you transform, guess what? It's just like a snake that sheds its skin. The skin gets left along by the side of the road. The skin cannot go with you to where you are going. So guess what? Some people are going to get left behind in your life. They have no choice. You are being metamorphosized into something different. You are transforming. You are elevating your consciousness. And most people don't bother to elevate their consciousness. So they will, my God, they will be left behind. All to get to the will of God. Studying, studying will help you develop your mind. It will help you transform your thinking. It is your study and analysis of situations that can cause a metamorphosis in your life. There is a phrase in German that is called, it's, it's, it's Sitzenleben. Sitzenleben. And it means, in biblical criticism and study, it means that as you are reading the text, what you want to study as you are reading the text is what is happening in the life of the people at that time. What is happening in their narrative. So that it's not just you read a scripture and say, oh, do not be conformed to this world. But what is the context out of which the scripture is coming? I'm not going to get into much of the context in this scripture. All I can tell you is that their context is somewhat similar to our context today. And we are not paying to the text of our lives. We are not paying attention to our zits in Laban. We're allowing our narratives to be written by other people. We're allowing our narratives to be written by our families. We're allowing our narratives to be written by people who really don't have anything other than a self-vested interest in what happens in your narrative. But this Zitzenleben says, not only do 
you pay attention to the narrative of this time, but pay attention to the narrative of your life. What patterns are you stuck in repeating? How many friends have you had to get rid of because all of them seem to be doing the same thing? How many jobs have you had to leave because you thought that the boss was being mean to you about getting on to you, about being on time? How many times do you go to Starbucks every day and get to the end of the week and wonder what happened to all of your disposable income? How many times do you get upset about yourself for being late for church, but you never miss the party on Saturday night? What is your Zitzenleben? What is the text of your life saying, and is it dictating your behavior, or are you in control of it? Zitzenleben. Here's another German term for you. Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist. The spirit of the time. When we talk about increasing our consciousness and developing our minds, we cannot do that separated from what is happening in this current time. When, what did it say? Do not be conformed to this world, but the word is actually ion, eon. That means the time and situation. Have we made an appropriate study of our zeitgeist? Oh, you thought you just had anxiety because you just have anxiety. No. It's the zeitgeist. We live in an anxiety-ridden culture. And for those of us in the U.S., we live in a, in a period of time in which, you know, and I know some people will disagree, but this is the wealthiest the world has ever been. This is the wealthiest Americans have ever been. Even the poorest among us are richer than some people in, de in developing nations. This is the greatest time, according to all of history, that has ever existed. And yet, we're suffering from depression. We are suffering from anxiety. We are suffering from paranoia because in all of our desires and getting and working and trying to be perfect and trying to please everybody and trying to do what's right and trying to conform to the pattern of this time, it has just wore everybody out and then drop a pandemic on top of that. You think people are just jumping in front of you on the highway because they don't know who you are and they want to piss you off. You think people are driving crazy and all over the place because, oh, they just woke up crazy today. You think drunk driving is on the rise because people don't know how to handle alcohol. You think all the stress that you have is just your stress. No, sweetheart. Click your heels, Dorothy. You're already at home. Welcome to the zeitgeist. Welcome to the party. We're all suffering 
That is the spirit of this time. And so what is needed is to figure out how do we develop our minds and our consciousness in a way that helps us to navigate this time that we are living in. Study. I don't want to be, I don't want to be a church where we're all about the heart. And in fact, family systems theorists, Bowen, I believe is the name, has said, actually, it is better when your intellect can help guide how you deal with your emotions. So your intellect is where your reasoning lies. It's where your, this is what's good for me and what's not good for me lies. It's where your, this, these are the good choices I should make. But your emotions are the, child, let's go and tear it up. I know I got church tomorrow, but let me, let's wear it out tonight. Woo! Work was a hot mess, and I know I got to take the kids to the soccer ball game tomorrow, but I'm about to tear up this happy hour. I ain't going to get home till I get home. Meanwhile, the intellect is saying, don't do that. This, there will be consequences, but the emotion is saying, damn the consequences. Damn the consequences. It's all about me right now because I didn't gave everything to everybody else. It's all about me, right? But when we think about the study of ourselves and the study of just what I just said, it is your intellect that should help guide you and help you make the decisions. Some of you have said yes to a whole lot of things when you knew you should have said no, but your emotions got the best of you. You had all the facts. You had all the reasons. You had all the indicators that said don't do it, but it just looked too good. You had to get you some. And some of y'all got some and are still paying for it today. With head and with heart. If Dr. King had not studied the zeitgeist, had not paid attention to the Zitzenleben of the time, then he would not have been able to come up with all of the ideas that he had to come up with to help move the civil rights movement forward. Him and Bayard Rustin, they just didn't pull out nonviolent resistance from anywhere. They went and learned that from Gandhi in India. They went and learned a Hindu practice about how they were resisting the British and brought that to the U.S. to use in the civil rights movement. That required study in order for him and Bayard Rustin to elevate their consciousness to see a new and better reality. How many of you could possibly raise your hand and testify to the fact that had you not have got an education, had you not have studied, had you not have changed your mind and learned some things, your life would be very different from what it is today. The thing is, study does not end 
just because your financial situation improves. Actually, once your financial situation improves, you probably better study a little bit more. You probably better be more aware of economic systems. You probably need to be a little bit more aware of how capitalism works and socialism works and how all of these things work and how you are impacted. You probably want to pay a little bit more attention to those things than what you paid before. Because people who get a little, there's a scripture that says, you know, Jesus gives out all these coins. It's a parable. He gives out the coins and and. Everybody goes and invests it in something. One person sticks it in the ground. And the parable goes that that person is told to depart by the time they come, because everybody else comes back and says, look, I made something out of it. Look, I did this. Look, I did that. I earned it. A lot of us suffer with, now that I have, another phrase for my mother, 10 cents over chili money, I'm going to either stick it in the ground or in my mouth. Study. Study. Without those who studied in the 19th and 20th centuries, biblical studies and theology, I would not be here. Somebody had to sit down and study the Bible and build the case on things like Zitzenleben and Zeitgeist. Because it is those kind of things that help us to understand what the Bible is actually saying about sexual orientation. So without somebody studying and doing that work, many of us would not be in this building right now. This whole ministry is built off of somebody that did a whole lot of study and somebody else that, became, that came behind them and studied what they wrote in order to create a place where all people will be welcomed. So out of my own study, many of us are starting on the journey of healing from church hurt. So I don't want you to underestimate the value of actually studying something Then, besides just opening the Bible and reading it. Know what is there and what it means. I've told you there was a sermon within the sermon within the sermon. The sermon within the sermon is that I put in more time studying for this sermon this week than I have in a long time. And I hope that you have gleaned a whole lot of information that has proven the point that you need to do some studying. The sermon within the sermon is that we You just did a Bible study. Not really too much of a sermon, but a Bible study. The other sermon that is within the sermon, within the sermon, is that you are probably interrogating your life right now in this very moment. So I will close with this. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. I don't know if any of y'all have heard this scripture before, but it popped in my mind. My grandmother was sitting across the desk for me, and I was putting all my final notes together, and I said, ooh. I said, the Lord is speaking. She said, baby, you just got to listen. He's always talking. I said, I know. I got I got I said, I got I to put this in. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, if anyone... 
is in Christ. They are a new creation. The old has passed away. And one of my favorite words in the text is when it says, Behold! Behold! You know something good is about to happen. Behold! Can you say it with me? Behold! Behold! Scripture says, the new has come. I don't know about you, but I'm going through this season of Lent, and my skinny jeans are fitting a whole lot better. I even got a little bit of breathing room in them today. I don't know about you, but I hope that you have come to a place in your life and being in this church in which you can see some metamorphosis taking place. I want what the scripture says. I want to be in Christ in a way that people can say, behold, the new has come. <laughs> behold, the new has come on Leslie Jackson, why he keeps saying no so much. <laughs> I want to say, behold, I know I'm not going to be wasting my time on this anymore. Behold, I'm not serving on that board. Behold, here's my resignation. Behold, you are not worthy to be my friend. Behold, the Bible says I need to run from you. Behold, I don't have to eat those things. Behold, no more Taco Bell for this new 29-inch waist. Behold, a new has come, and I have achieved my metamorphosis. So that is what I'm believing for you. That is what I am praying for you, that we don't just stumble through life, but that we become a new creation in Christ. Through our study, through improving our understanding, and awareness of our lives and all that is around us. Let us commit to this path. Let us all undergo a metamorphosis. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Please join me in prayer. Gracious loving, amazing, transforming God of the metamorphosis. Reveal to us in our lives what needs to be changed. Reveal to us in our lives what we need to study, what we need to investigate, what we need to analyze, what we need to review. What books do we need to read? What Websites should we review? Which blogs can be healing for us? Help us to achieve this newness in creation. Help us to understand that study does not have to be some painful academic exercise, but that study is just as simple as saying, why did I behave that way? Why did I say that? That's not what I wanted to say. Who are the people that are helpful for me? Where should I go? Where should I be? What should I do? Study is as simple as saying, I don't want to feel abandoned anymore, so show me how to heal this feeling. Show me the opportunities 
what to read, who should counsel me, who should guide me. If I've been abused, show me how to study how to heal the abuse in my past. If my finances are not in order, show me how to get my finances in order. Help us not to be so focused on the product, but to understand that, God, you are the God that are in the midst of the process. That it is in the process that the metamorphosis happens. If you always do it for us, God, we will never be strong enough to do it for ourselves. Help us to be ye transformed, to undergo a metamorphosis by the development of our mind, by the development of our thinking. This is our prayer. In the name of the Anointed One, amen.